Hey, Tally here. You might know me as Unthinkable's producer, or maybe we're just meeting for the first time. In any case, hello. Thanks for tuning in and joining me on the first leg of an exciting new journey. During my time working on Unthinkable, I've been consistently drawn to certain stories and motifs, certain examples of this thing we're about to explore together that I just can't let go of. This thing motivates everything I do in life, really, and the time has come to start my own podcast series to dive in deep and explore it. I hope that after this episode, you're equally as moved and intrigued by this concept and want to join me on the rest of this voyage. And so, without further ado, this is Hidden Connection, a podcast about the meaningful moments of humanity in business and in life. I'm Tally Gabriel. I'm going to tell a story. Just you and me. So let's pretend we're somewhere cozy together, drinking hot tea or something stronger in front of a crackling fireplace. The story I'm going to tell, well, it's technically two stories, but they're about the same theme, and that is connection. Community. The kind of thing you and I are building right now, whether we're actually aware of it or not. The kind of thing that is so often missing from so many business interactions, but a thing that your customers, your audience, want so much. So, got your tea? Your whiskey? Whatever it might be. I do too. So cheers. Let's dive in. have any children, but I am a musician and I imagine the panic we feel when something is wrong with our instrument is similar to the fear a parent experiences when their kids come down with an unknown illness. Okay, if you're an actual parent, I'm sure you're about to protest my ear off and that's fair, but hear me out. I may not have physically created my cello, whose name is Sage, in case you were wondering, or gone through months of an adoption process to get her, but I really do love her as if she is pretty damn close to human. I'm used to her specific timbre, to the exact space between the strings and her neck, to the extra bit of force I have to give her C-string tuning peg because it tends to stick. I mean, playing and writing songs with Sage has gotten me through heartbreak, has led to some of the best friendships of my life, and performing with her is probably the most alive I've ever felt. She allows me to express myself when words fail. She's opened doors to all kinds of communities and opportunities that I'd be lost without here in New York. And she has given me a significant part of my identity. Cellist, like parent, is a qualifier that you can't ever shake once you own it, even if you stop playing. You'll always be part of that club, one among the ranks of people who know that magic feeling of an instrument resonating against your chest as it emits notes that seem to land right in the center of your soul. So, when the piece of hard rubber that hooks from Sage's tailpiece to her end pin, basically just a cello part at the bottom of the instrument, got stuck and I couldn't fully play with my ideal range of motion when rehearsal with my band, I totally freaked out. I could see exactly what was wrong, but I didn't know how to fix it. I had an idea of how to fix it, but it felt like trying to reset your child's fractured bone on your own instead of going to the ER. And the thought of something impeding my ability to play her felt like a layer of ice covering my chest. It really did. I also had a show in two days, so for practical reasons, I needed the issue to be fixed. When I got home from rehearsal at about 11 p.m., I called my luthier, the person who repairs string instruments, expecting to leave a message and requesting an appointment for the next morning. To my surprise, he answered, and after pausing the YouTube videos he was watching about rehairing bows, I swear he really was doing this at 11 on a Wednesday, 
He talked me down from my light panic and asked me to send a photo of the slippage. Oh, this is no problem, he said. We can fix this right now, you and me, over the phone, okay? You can do this, and it'll save us both the time and you the money of coming in tomorrow. The luthier, whose name is Alex, owns AZG Musical, a humble professional shop in Gowanus, which is exactly the part of Brooklyn that is very hard to get to from my part of Brooklyn. Coming in would have been a total pain, I would have had to miss some work, and Alex took 30 minutes out of his after-hours personal time to walk me through minor cello surgery, saving me a headache and ensuring I'd sleep much better that night. I almost cried with gratitude because of the anxiety adrenaline, and because I'm a ridiculously emotional person, but this little moment of him going so above and beyond what I expected really touched me. It's safe to say I will never go to another luthier in New York should Sage run into a problem that actually does require me to take her into a shop. What Alex displayed is this very concept I'm so fascinated with these days. A moment of unexpected, hidden human connection. He stayed on the phone with me as I sent him photos of Sage's progress, talking calmly so as not to spike my blood pressure, because Alex understands how important an instrument is to a musician, and likely because he knew that in helping me out that night, he'd gain a lifelong customer. He wasn't wrong. What Alex didn't do is display his generosity as some part of a larger marketing campaign. He didn't plaster this story on the shop's website or talk about it in the next newsletter. He just did it. Hoping, but with no guarantee, that I'd at least leave a nice review after. I did, of course, a glowing one. Plenty of times, we see examples of companies that try to use their relationship to their customers in their ad campaigns. Manipulation of the media? Hell, that's what I pay you for. You know the ones. Marketing campaigns that shout, Look at us! Look how much we love you and look how hard we're going to prove it! Be my friend! As a marketer who's obsessed with this human connection thing, these campaigns have always turned me off so much. It's the same principle that drives me crazy when it comes to dating or friendships. I don't want to hear how much you care about me, I want you to show me. The proof is in the pudding, as they say, or for our purposes right now, the proof is in the hidden moments of connection, not the flashy, attention-grabby stunts. My experience with Alex got me thinking. I know I'm not the only person who's had these special moments of connection with brands or businesses. And there are all kinds of examples of this. The interactions with a friendly barista that keep you coming back to the same coffee shop over and over, even when a shiny new one opens on the same block. Or the account manager that makes you like that one client just a little bit more than all of your other clients. I decided to find some of these stories because I wanted to keep exploring the little moments that, in the digital everything age, keep us connected to one another and remind us that a little extra human touch goes a long way. Let's first take a look at Stephanie Toddy's story. As of March of this year, Steph is the Director of Marketing Strategy at Uberflip, a position she took because after years of working with Uberflip representatives at her previous company, Examsoft, she was consistently blown away by the level of attention she was given by the folks at Uberflip. As Steph told me, they made her feel special. And hey, who among us doesn't want to feel special? To feel deserving of that extra ounce or two of time or effort. It's one of the most powerful feelings in the world to feel seen by another human, to feel momentarily taken care of, or deemed worthy of a bit more attention. We rarely expect this to happen in our day-to-day interactions with brands and businesses, so when we do feel seen by them, just as when we're singled out for a conversation by someone interesting in a group of friends, we feel wonderfully validated. 
Uberflip gave Steph a lot of reasons to stick around. But as a fellow Potterhead, my favorite example is a story she told me about a time she was in Toronto with her previous job, visiting Uberflip at their home base there for work. Her contacts at Uberflip told her they were taking her out for drinks, but didn't tell her where. And lo and behold, the group wound up at The Lockhart, a Harry Potter-themed bar that I've actually been to and loved, in the city. By taking an extra moment to poke around Steph's LinkedIn and social media, her Uberflip contacts learned she was a lover of all things Potterverse and knew exactly where to take her. Now, just try to think of the last time someone showed you a little moment of effort like that that went so above and beyond your expectations. Maybe this is just because I'm single and half navigating, half giving up totally on the exhausting dating scene of creatives in New York, but I can't remember the last time someone tried to woo me like that. And of course, Steph's example is in a professional context, but the sentiment is so similar, right? At the end of the day, brands cannot forget about what a significant impact this can make on one person. So significant, in fact, that the person you're dedicating this energy towards might decide to uproot their life, or at least their job, which, hey, is a massive part of your life for you and your company. Over the course of this series, I'm going to be exploring all kinds of examples of these moments of extra effort that just stick in our brains that we keep coming back to, that we want to exude in our own business and personal practices. I hope you'll join me for the rest of this journey, and I hope that you too will continue to look out for these special moments of hidden human connection, and maybe try creating more of your own. <laughs>